so welcome to the 1010 News this week. And uh, today we actually have more people, which is really um, exciting because we have, uh, except for Christine, Neil, and Kevin, we have Ham and Anna this week. So yay. All right. So yay. Um, we got, okay, we got more news this week. So yeah, the episode will be longer as well. So let's not waste the time. Let's um, start reporting these with Neil's news. Go ahead, Neil. Okay, how are you guys doing? So the news I have for you is 2020 election becomes early dividing line for Republicans in crucial 2022 Senate race in Arizona. And this is the news from CNN. I think you probably wonder why do I choose the news as this has nothing to do with Taiwan's politics. But I was really into U.S. politics, so that's part of the reason why. And I always like to observe the difference of like U.S. or European politics comparing with Taiwanese. Like what they're describing in the news uh, actually, you know, makes me think so, a lot. So what well, basically about this news is that um, after Donald Trump left um, and Biden takes over and the uh, 2020 Senate race in Arizona is quite critical and they have many, many uh, competitor. And Arizona was one of the major uh, battle place where Donald Trump filed um, a complaint, actually a lawsuit on the false ballot. So he thinks that uh, the people there, they vote, there's there's some cheating and they're, they're false, um, it, it, it inaccurately counted. So they, he thinks he's, he should be the president. So he filed a lawsuit there. And it's in one of the place in Arizona is called Maricopa County. I've never been there. Yeah. Anyway, he, he files an audit there and it's still uh, one of the major events and being discussed in the Republican Party um, internally. And they're actually, I think in U.S. they have something called a primary, primary. So the, the first election in within the party, right? There's so many candidates within uh, a party. They're going to choose the one they think that, that it will win uh, if they, they compete. And there are a couple of names, names, uh, Black Masters, Blake Masters, Mark Bernovic, Jim Lemon, and McGuire. And this is sounds uh, for in the American ears are Gao Jiayu and Jiang Wanlan, okay? Because we don't know these peoples. I don't know. I know you know you don't know these people. Me too. But uh, I just want I, I look into their background. Uh, the first one, uh, Blake Master, he's uh, 24 years old, only 24 years old, and running for Senate. And that's that's quite actually quite rare because in U.S. election, uh, sorry, in the U.S. Parliament, there's upper house which is the Senate and the term will be six years and the lower house will be um it's called the house yeah and it will re-elected every two years and usually um, the house is representing people's voice and is based on each of the district so in, in if a, a state has a very big population you will get more house representative but if you, you for every state you only get two senator Right. A senator holds the office longer because they're going to decide a long term policy, but the House representative decides people's voice. So they're being reelected. Re if they don't like you, they will vote you out. And um, so uh, this 34 years old, I think she's quite, quite young, but he's a protege of the tech billionaire called Peter Thurl. I don't know. Have you guys ever heard, read a book called Zero to One, wrote by Peter Thurl? <laughs> And he uh, also a big supporter of, uh, of Donald Trump. 
So the first background is a venture capitalist. The second guy is called Mark. And he, he he's the attorney general of Arizona. And he sued Biden. Biden. He's very famous and they think people think he will win because he is the first uh, he's the person who sued Biden's Biden administration and he helped to win lawsuits um, uh, for Arizona. People in Arizona secure multi million dollar payments for uh, winning lawsuits from big companies like CenturyLink and General Motors and many of the, the big companies. So people like him because he wins money for them and lawsuits. And there's another guy, Jim Lemon, and he also he tried to uh, donate to Donald Trump, uh, sorry, to, to donate to a voter registration group and has a lot of association with fraud conspiracy theory. So because because Donald Trump thinks there's conspiracy, right? So when you uh, donate that much money and he's trying to attract the Trump's attention to hope that Trump can have uh, to give him an endorsement. And that's also something I think is quite interesting that endorsement is a thing in US. But I have never heard anyone in Taiwan to endorse someone. If Kevin endorsed Han Guoyu, I won't believe Kevin, you know. I just, you have a very, very specific image for Han Guoyu and Tai Ingwen. And, you know, this is, it's hard when someone just came out and to endorse. Probably Zhang Zongmo or Guo Taiming, this kind of uh, business leader as a figure, you know. That, that's, that's what I'm thinking. But, but I think politicians, just, uh, just, senator or house representative they can get endorsements from um the the, the, the president okay and uh, they uh, the the last one is the, a guy who is opposed to his own party which is the republican party he thinks that biden is the the real president and there's no need to do a vote count right um so um some the as the race going on some of some of the republicans are worried that if i go with trump says that Biden is not the real president, I keep going. But the, the truth is the truth. Biden is now the president. And is that going to hurt my re my re-election or election in the future, in 2022? Um, so here here's my question. So as a constituent, so you know, I, I just explained some background, right? A, a venture capitalist, Jan, can attract money. And the attorney general won cases for, for the constituents. And uh, another entrepreneur, um, uh, some some of them are even uh, opposing their own party's policy. So as a cons constituent, do you know who is the delegate of your district? Or do you do any research before you vote? And I'm going to start first. My answer is no. So next, Christine, do you? Yeah, I know my, um, I don't know what's in English, Shenqu is for, I guess. So my um, delegates are Gao Jiayu and, and, <laughs> and who's the other one? <laughs> yeah, Li And I voted. Oh, I, I am not going to say who I voted, but yeah, it's these two. And because I know, I already knew these two delegates before I went to vote. So yeah, I didn't do like much research, but because you know, Gao Jiayu is really, really popular at the time. So yeah. Yeah, she's hotter, is it? Hotter. Uh, she 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 knew how to sing. How what? She knows how to sing to everyone. I'll sing. Okay. And what what about the other Li Zhengxiu? Li Yanxiu. 
Is it a, a girl? Yeah, I think Li Yanshou served that district for quite a long time, probably two terms or something. So yeah, she actually had a really high um, reputation and really like uh, a part of voters who will vote to him. But yeah, I guess it's because Gao Jiayu is so, yeah, so popular at the time. So yeah, yes. she, she won at, in the end. Wow, you are a good citizen. So what about uh, Anna? I actually don't do research to vote as well because um because um I don't think that actually change a lot in Taiwan because um I actually uh, have started my career as uh, a policy uh, specialist in a non-governmental organizations. And also, I have been involved in some uh, politician parties campaign before. So I personally don't think that um, this kind of research actually change a lot here uh, to me. So I don't do any research after that because I don't think it actually works for based my very rough uh, understanding that um, only some small portion of people in the party actually make the decision of the the, the direction of the policy. So really? to me is yes, but Anna, um, this is recorded on um, public. Just <laughs> let me remind you. <laughs> so I cannot say too much because uh, this is just my only rough uh, rough um, understanding, but may not be true. So I just give up uh, understanding this because I think politics can be very com complicated. So uh, if we just glance through it uh, and with a very shallow uh, research, it actually doesn't help too much. I think policy um, includes uh, like who um, met it and who executed. So it's actually a very long time, takes a long time. So um, that's why I don't really do the research right now because I think there are um, limited changes I can do at the moment. Cool, cool. Can, so, so, but I just introduced, the first question is when I, I just introduced what the, the background of these candidates and some of their, I, I, actually I didn't mention their policy, right? Uh, but anyway, do you think that works in the US? Like the, the, their own policy, because they're bigger, right? They're bigger than us. I think because let's, um, because their uh, system is a little bit different, like in Taiwan, that we still, the legislative yuan is who actually made the policy. So I think the central government have uh, more control over the the dialogue of Taiwan. However, in United States, actually the state have its um, uh, control over their state with much greater extent. So I think in that situation, that for laws that um, locally they can make big difference. So yes, mm -hmm. I believe that um, the situation would be much different in in the United States. I have different views because recently Chen Shizhong just saying no, nobody eats, uh, people can now eat in the restaurant and the, all of the city said, no, 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 you can't. So actually 
<laughs> they can still decide a policy, I think. And I'm, I'm quite surprised, surprised that I thought that the central government would decide a policy and people just follow it. But I think, oh, the, the local government can can make adjustments. I, I actually don't know that. That's a kind of rebellion. Yes, what, uh, there are the, some tier and level between the the policy and orders. So for law, I think local government could not do so. But for orders, they could not stipulate their own orders. And I think at the moment in Taiwan, we are so democratic. So people uh, uh, pay attention to the opinion of the public. So in this situation, I think no one dare to um, go to say why local government not following the central government because no one wants to take the consequence to clarify it. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Ham, do you research? No. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I didn't research before I vote, but that's because I. Um, so last time it's a major election and I just immigrated from Keelong to Taipei City. So I focus uh, <laughs> Is that much more. What? You're using the word immigrant. <laughs> yeah, that, that's an immigrant. You're Tianlong nation versus the other parts in Taiwan. Okay. The, the middle Tianlong. south of Taiwan, Tianlong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, so I put much more focus on the mayors, and from that time I still remember it's Tin uh, Shou Zhong, and and the one thing, uh, yeah, just Tin Shou Zhong, and yeah, and Ke Wenzhe, and the other, I I, I I nearly forgot who's the other uh, delegate, and I think I also second idea of Anna, so I didn't do much research. I actually stand it in the booth to watch their policies. You know, I just check their policies and say, yeah, yeah it, it's cool. Just just vote it. And I also consider their party because like, I, I believe in Taiwan, the party really has a lot of power over the, the delegates. Mm. I, I think that's just, uh, I, I think that's obvious, just like you can uh, see from the Facebook, you know, even though some public figures, they have their own opinions, but if the opinions are against the party's wish, I think they just readjust what they say and vote mm. to what the party wants them to vote. Mm. So, yeah, and also when it comes to the votes, we vote for a delegate in Taiwan. We also have the party votes, right? It's like you vote for a party and they already had a delegate list. And not mentioned to the the gongto, I, I forgot the, the, the English. Referendum. So many votes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So <laughs> yes. Wow. For, about that, I did a lot of research, you know, because the gongto, it really related to the, the energy policy, the gay marriage policy, you know, a lot of policy. And I actually, I think I don't have to research much on that because I already have my opinion about this. But when it comes to the delegates, I, yeah, I didn't do any research about that before I vote. I'm sorry, Democrats. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, don't worry. Right, yeah. Kevin. Yeah, because um, my household registration place is not where I usually live. 
I never live in the the place that I you know rent my household. So yeah, for a local government thing, I I just you know I I, I would not vote or I, I just vote some random person, like really random. Yeah. And uh, but for the national wide thing, I did you know check their background, check their education level, uh, like maybe their IQ level. You no, know, and then uh, like a, yeah, co somehow correlated uh, by how what what he has been doing in the past, what kind of things he has been saying, and uh, yeah, if I think that as this person is trustworthy, then I I go for a delegate. Uh, for the policy, I believe that uh, it's not by the you know the will of the individual. It's like the will of the entire party. So and if you see the party like the then DBP and KMT, they have a very strong standard, a lot of public issues. So yeah, just pick the side. Um, yeah, that's how I vote. Cool, cool. Um, just curious, have you guys ever read the the the, the candidate's profile, Shenju Gongbao? I, I I remember why I read. I don't read from the famous people, not the Tsai Ing-wen and Han Guoyu's. I read other people, and I know if you want to run for president, you need like a million dollar. And there's just some weird uncle. They're just running for president. I just don't know why. They're spending so much money, and in the in their experiences are just not much, <laughs> but they still want to be on the Shenju Gongbao. Anyway, just very very interesting for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think uh, I don't want to uh, make it over too too much time. So uh, uh, ne uh, next one, who's the next one? Anna, Anna, go for it. Yeah. Hi. The second. Yeah. No, I don't think we we have enough time. Like, I really don't have enough. Okay. So, wow, I'm so surprised it's my turn so soon. So, um, the article I would like to share is from Wall Street Journal. Uh, on July 19th, it's about that MBA program in United States from Stanford, Columbia, and NYU pass on hybrid learning. So I think that in the article, it says that application to start business school is four were actually the highest in recent years, in part because a lot um, they have the expectation like in-person class very soon, because a lot of people defer their enrollment last year due to the pandemic uh, situation. And the lo uh, those high-profile MBA in the United States would like to restore traditional two-year MBA experience to its pre-pandemic norms uh, that include in-person networking, socializing, and overseas trips. Because uh, it states that those elements are what made the expensive management degree worthwhile. So uh, in the article, it discussed a lot regarding the relationship forged during the business school, uh, why students are willing to leave the workforce for two years to attend graduate school. And of, of course, a lot of them borrow large sum of money uh, to pay for it. However, in the pandemic time, the, the class turns to either hybrid or online class in MacLad building new relationship uh, much harder. So even that without those networking, socializing, and recruiting component during the past academic years, students at many MBA programs, including Stern and Horton, are petitioning for tuition discounts. So now several schools are trying to help students and the 
and its alumni make up for lost time. Like in this year, they adding up many new events like a physical orientation, more workshop and a special dinner and reception. So uh, this is to um, encourage people that um, compensate the time they spend on online only. However, uh, at the moment, they still want that on-campus recruitment might be the last thing uh, to return to the school in person because apparently a lot of HR in the company, they are trying to get their employees back to the office and they have no time spending to recruit people in the campus so far. So that's uh, mainly the what article is about. So I think now uh, maybe Christine can have uh, share with us more regarding the article as well. So uh, the, the first uh, question I would like to raise is like, so um, if you would like to study an MBA, what kind of um, type would you like, like full in-person, full remote, or you want to have the hybrid uh, type uh, to learn? So main, uh, for me, if I am starting MB, I, I think that I am also the person, those person that intend to have or in, in person re, uh, interaction because like I think that spontaneous inter interaction between people are more natural, and you can see a lot of things like um like, uh in the interaction like who they are talking to and how they dress up and how they talk and how they learn and that's something that we cannot observe online so uh that's my personal opinion and maybe christine what do you yeah. think yeah i think um because for mba i think uh one very important part studying MBA is that we want to make friends. We want to make like potential um, sponsors or like uh, partnership people. So yeah, I think for MBA, I will prefer like at least a hybrid uh, master degree because yeah, I, I really need to go like just like Anna said, I really need to go there um, to on site there and to meet all the people to have these like spontaneous natural reaction and interaction with people. And yeah, I want to have that kind of network. So yeah, I think in person is still the the first preference if yeah, if I can choose. But um, in regards of the pandemic situation, I think uh, hybrid is like acceptable, but a full remote is really, yeah, is really the last choice because yeah, I think for studying an MBA and you just stay in where you live, it's, it's kind of ridiculous because you won't um, know anyone and all the courses you can just take online, right? There are so many online courses free right now. So yeah, I guess I will still choose like at least hybrid one. Okay, and how about you, Neil? Do you consider an MBA online or? Uh, do I consider an MBA online? Is the question part of, uh, do we consider MBA as well or no? No, actually, uh, we we think that if you would like to start MBA already and what type of um, learning pattern or like class pattern you will prefer. Mm, yeah, because um, I think in, in the M MBA, there's, of course, like Christine said, about a lot of um, uh, discussion, sorry, a lot of uh, the, the points to make friends. And the second thing is in, in this business school, you don't really need 
you don't really do um, um, like try to develop a certain skill set, like like trying to uh, figure out to make a bomb in, in 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 your lab, or or you you don't really do uh, Excel all the time, right? Uh, you do you spread into into group and you have a case or something you study and you do presentation. You have a lot of discussion, breakdown analysis stuff like that, and that that really needs to be done in person. So I would definitely not go for an MBA uh, for remote. But if it's Harvard, I will do for anything. Yeah, janitor as well. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And how about your hand? Oh yeah, so I, I would love to be a, a Harvard Business School janitor also. <laughs> but I, I, I think it really depends on the, on, on the tuition, right? It's like, um, I think I'm willing to pay about like one fifth to, to get a full remote MBA. But if you want me to pay like the, the whole tuition, I think I won't pay it. I will ask for a, a whole in-person courses because I, I think learning only accounts for a really small portion of MBA. I think, I think like 80% uh, of your time is to make friends, drink in a bar, do some crazy stuff, travel, uh, case interview and interview and got rejected and interview, you know, to, to repeat that, that kind of cycle. And you will feel frustrated because uh, it's not just for learning, right? You, you, are, fa you are faced uh, with different people and you make friends with them and you, you live there. Right. You you ask for a different uh, experiences, not just learning from MBA, from my imagination, because I never had an MBA before. So I think I I will only pay for the in-person uh, MBA degree. And how about you, Kevin? Uh, I, I really don't know what's the curriculum of MBA, but I, I assume that it's a, it's a full of like presentation and doing the group work together. Uh, but under this assumption, actually at first I, I, I have the same idea as like all of you, like uh, maybe in-person stuff is much better like for MBA because you can make people connection. But uh, after a second thought, I actually think that uh, the full online one can be good as well. Because like uh, in-person connection is a skill. And uh, to connect through online version, it's another skill, which I think it's so hard to excel on. And now it's so important because every business is like international trading, it's all happened online. You cannot go abroad, but very, very, very few people can be able to do it very well. Uh, the one who did it really well, they, they succeeded, like without seeing each other, but you can still make a deal. So I was thinking that hey, actually, uh, if the MBA courses, by like the group working and having a presentation or pitching, like it can done online and you can still get an A out of the these online courses, then I think it's it's actually a really good skill. And uh, if you study like a, a free online courses, of course you can take the same lecture, but for those practicing, I think it's uh, I think it's, it's maybe the what MBA is worth for. So yeah, yeah, I would say that uh, hybrid is it's okay. And if it's full online, then if I can ensure that I can excel those skills, then I'll take it. Well, I think lots would be 
much much difficult to most of the people but i think yeah maybe that's the trend because in the article it says that a lot of school actually trying to promote the hybrid or online courses but still a hard pause for hard sales for the faculty because apparently a lot of uh, students are not uh, getting it right now even that um, it say that most of the students should be able to come back to school uh, but still the decision is not very confirmed so people are still thinking if it's still online again they will try to defer their enrollment this year and i think let's go to the second question actually is the question i love most so how much price difference you think is reasonable for between a physical and online activity because we are actually talking about mba but for mba we all know that it's a very very expensive tuition so the price i personally don't know what's the difference between an all online or like or in person difference I can accept, but we just go to the normal activity, just uh, like a normal lecture or uh, other events in Taiwan maybe. So what what's the price difference you think is reasonable between those two different things? Because um, after pandemic, I think a lot, a lot of events changed to online. And when they still remain the same price, the ticket price to me, I think it's, I don't know why, but I personally think that I don't understand uh, why the amount is the same because uh, to me, my experience is very different. So I actually don't 100% uh, accept that. So for me, maybe that's uh, because I think physical event, it requires um, the, the venue. You need to learn a good menu and you maybe offer drink or people that need to uh, register your attendance. So I think more people may be needed and the, the uh, apparently I think the most cost is light and the venue fee. So uh, to me, I think that I will only pay around 60 to 70% of the original price if an, an event changed from physical to online. And I would like to understand how you think about it or if there's a reason you think that it should it can be the same price um we can just uh i want to know how you think about it so maybe this turn we start from kevin um i think uh like different event i have different choices uh for some events that if you can find a youtube video for free like some uh, lecture like events then i, I won't pay so the difference can be, you know, unlimited. I just won't pay. I won't attend. Uh, it's, yeah. And uh, if there's some kind of like the social events and maybe like I'll, I'll, I'll rather pay some because if you go, everyone's going online, then maybe you can still have some kind of social. It doesn't really matter. So, um, yeah, I, I, I will go with sec and as a 60, 70 percent. Yeah, social thing. Mm, OK, and how about you, Neil? Sorry, I don't quite get it. It's is this still about the MBA thing? Um, no. Yeah, it can be anything. Just bit the difference between the physical event and online event. How much price difference you think is more reasonable between two of them? Oh, that's well. That that certainly depends on the the event. Um, um, for uh, an event, 
that is about romantic relationship, I won't pay anything for the online part. For an event that is like MBA, I will I won't pay anything for online. I won't do it online whatsoever. Um, but if it's like learning in stuff in computer science, um, I don't see the need to, to go in person. Actually, you can do it anywhere you can. I would definitely choose that uh, completely on online. So, uh, but I think, sorry, I think that the essence of your question is when there is a, a activity that is previously physical, now under the circumstances it goes to online, what choice would I make, right? Um, so, it certainly depends on uh, to um, I would because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a person um, yeah because Anna you just joined you you know you don't know me I'm a person who loves digital everything digital so I'm willing if if MBA is still um, I still like MBA. I, I'll I'll pay for the same amount. I will pay for the same amount. Um, even I will pay more than in the physical. Yeah, because it gives me instant access and I can record it in my notes. All of that is something I enjoy. But if I go in person, there are many times they print out papers and I'm like, oh my god, papers. Oh my god. Yeah. So that's personal preferences. So I would I would even pay more for the online activity. <laughs> if the activity is um, uh, important for me. Yeah, I think both of Kevin and Neil mentioned a very important point is that it sometimes depends on the event type. So some events maybe are more suitable uh, even holding online and some events might be still that uh, in person is better maybe just for especially for loss socializing. Yeah, and how about you Christine? It depends event types and uh, second of all for one instance uh, if mentioning like MBA or all the master courses I think it's um, I, I don't really want to pay like even even like 60 or 70 percent to go for an online course because uh, uh, like the master I'm going to study I need a lot of practical practices I need to really see my professor or I cannot yeah, really absorb all the things I will I will learn. So yeah, I will probably uh, not choosing that if uh, it's the situation that I will have to choose a whole online activity. But yeah, it still depends, I, I guess, on the activities. But for me, uh, I personally really like the physical thing. So yeah, I'll probably just pay like half and one third of the portion of the original fee to go for an answer, third question, right? For Anna's news? Or we can just skip this one because I think we are very tight at the time at the moment. And maybe the Skype doesn't like my article, so he is <laughs> playing tricks at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> personal. <laughs> However, I think your third question is really interesting. But yeah, yes. it's, I think it's, it's more interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think yes. we can. Yeah, mine is very yeah. short, so you can discuss it. Yeah, because to me, um, yeah. 
to, to me, I think uh, building relationship on online is not, uh, it's actually very difficult. I think maybe you all are um, maybe the first, uh, I would say a bit successful relationship I have that's um, starting from online because since the time when I in high school and in the college, there's no Facebook and only NSN or Yahoo Messenger. I just don't like to chat with people online and I don't know how to chat. I like to chat with a person <laughs> face to face. So I always think a lot of building relation online is very difficult and that's also why um, there is a reason why I don't want to change my job in the pandemic time because I think um, I don't have confidence to building the relationship when we just work or work at home and online. So I personally don't have this kind of confidence. So I would like to know how you feel and maybe some of you can share the tips or uh, your thoughts regarding this. Maybe we'll start from Neil. What, what, why me? <laughs> you look very social. <laughs> I look social. Um, how easy and difficult you find it to build a new a new relationship, right? Yes, online. Um, pretty easy for me. <laughs> Actually, pretty easy for me. Um, uh, it I think it depends more on my willingness. It depends more on my willingness to put in the effort. Um, I think a very, uh, I think it's this, this applies both for for in person or for for online. So when you try to establish a more relationship, um, there are a couple of steps, and it doesn't really matter if you're in um, you're online or 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 in person. So I think it's it's the the better thing is you can do it anytime you can you can chat anytime and there is no excuse for people who 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 you know ignore you because we all know you're all at home you have nothing to do that's a very good thing yes video is very okay is this a new functionality that makes you got like an avatar so um, I don't really think, I think it's still quite easy to build this, this relationship on online, yeah. yeah. Just join more Let's Chat session, Anna, yeah. <laughs> I think it's actually the new topic or new trend that people will like to um, learn right now because I think the main part of the uh, the article or the news is mentioned that a lot most of the people actually find that um, building new relationship online needs extra effort and sometimes it's a lot they never learned before because uh, to most of the people they they want the uh, relationships be built automatically or spontaneously by natural interaction but I think when there's online you need to um, plan everything or you need to be more proactive and that's something most people haven't learned right now. Yes. So yeah. I'm so I think that. Kevin yeah. just mentioned about this in his uh, last answer that 
maybe people need to learn this. So I want to know how do you think it's difficult or it's easy right now for you to build new relationship online? I think it's very hard. So, um, sorry. Yeah, sorry, sorry, Kevin. Okay, uh, yeah, I think it's really hard because uh, like uh, for a video call, you you lose a lot of information, and uh, I think the poor connection is still the thing. Like we just experienced some poor connection, right? Like it's really like uh, um, if you are having a discuss conversation like face to face, then you won't have this issue. But if you you know your your counterpart uh, freezed, then uh, you have to wait for it and uh, um, just. I think like uh, uh, it slowed down the discussion, and sometimes you jump back, you can't get into back to the same mood. So I think it's definitely harder. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't see how we can uh, make it, you know, make make it become easier than face to face discussion. Um, yeah, so to me, it's purely hard. Yeah. So we have uh, one vote for easy and two votes for difficult. So how about you, Christine? Well, um, I think there are two aspects. So the first one is that um, if you communicate through online, like typing or just purely like sharing things, I think it's okay. It's not really difficult to build a new relationship because you can just send out messages and yeah, wait for the other part to respond back. And yeah, I think through that uh, you can somehow um, like reach uh, a like and several extent of uh, mutual like understanding and um, yeah to to like uh, reach the like basic communication. But if you are going to uh, communicate with this person via like phones and all the um, video calls, I think yeah it's really hard because just like Kevin said, you will just lose a lot of the information during during um, the talks because of the uh, like the poor. Um, connection of Wi-Fi um, like lack of body languages or the expression and all the sounds or something yeah something that can lack from uh, in-person communication but uh, will will uh, not yeah something something will not show when you're um, communicate via the video calls so yeah I think it really depends on uh, what kind of relationship you want to build like is it for as a colleague or as a friend or yeah as a a like a classmate yeah i think it's it's really different from um all kinds of levels and if it's a colleague thing i think it's even harder because uh if you are entering a new company in like the pandemic time and you are new to this company it's really hard that you're going to like impress people via like the video calls and probably your supervisor will give you just like one or two minutes to make your self introduction and then you'll go directly to your work to your um, duty. And yeah, I think it's really, really hard to um, make these kind of relationship if um, if during this time you're doing your job or something. Yeah. Yeah, I think question made a good point a lot. It still depends on what kind of what type of relationship we end up building and I think to different level that they'll see still some pros and cons in between yes so then uh how about how do you feel him regarding the, how you think it's easy or it's difficult for you Ham, you're muted. 
your microphone. Yeah, your microphone is muted. I think we didn't introduce him is connecting from Africa. So yeah, that's quite common. <laughs> I think uh, I don't know Ham's opinion, but for me to make you know connection with Ham, it's very difficult without hearing. No, now it works. Now it works. Yeah, Speak. it works. Good. Works, but it shows mute again. It's okay. It's it's right. All right, you can yeah, like speak. much as try to use your one to three minutes <laughs> for your question. Oh. Oh, it's muted again, him. Oh. Oh. We can't hear you. <laughs> Do you want to try with no video? Maybe yeah. just. Just, just use, use your audio. Yeah. Is it a Skype, uh, Skype's problem or the connection problem? Do you think? I think Skype also is also slower. Yeah, Teams and Zoom are way faster. Okay, maybe we can consider change the platform. Yeah. We have to solve the recording issue. Mm -hmm. Sure. Ham looks Ham helpless. So, yeah. I, I think his answer is very clear anyway. Let me see, can we, can he call into the, the call? Hmm. Yeah, no, my God. Yeah, uh, anchor, Christine, what do you say? I think we lost him. <laughs> yeah, I didn't hear what Han, Han's answer. <laughs> he, he can still say ZZZ. Uh, Christine, we, I heard one, one vocabulary from your sentence, no matter what it is. Hey guys, can you hear me? Oh, yeah. Yes. We can hear so, you. So, from this conversation we know Microsoft is not friend with Apple <laughs> I think they, it, my, my phone is heating heating up you know it's like a boil water on my head wow yeah okay so so what's the question again yeah so we are uh, discussing how uh, how everyone is feeling that uh, building re new relationship online is easy uh, or difficult so at the moment that some people feel easy and still Maybe more hmm. people feel difficult at the moment. So, uh, okay. So I'll I'll start from from my personal experience. So do you have an experience of the people um, very different offline and online? So there's a story. It's like when when I enter uh, National Town University and there's a group of people. They are quite active in Facebook. You know they have a crazily intense conversation in a group and they say, hey, we can hang out sometimes. We can 
go where, go, go there and do something. But it never happened. <laughs> you know, they, they are not friends in, in the real life. And they also look so different in person and they act different. I mean, it, I, I think it's, it's, it's not about easy or difficult. It's, it's about uh, when, 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 you, when, you, uh, when it comes to making friends, this kind of relationship, I don't want to build relationship on the air because you will have some expectation gap, right? It's like, hey, you can, you can have a really good chat online, but you feel like this person is kind of weird in person. <laughs> but when it comes to the, the deal, the business relationship, uh, LinkedIn, you know, this kind of stuff, I think uh, building relationship online is fine. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's pretty clear and uh, concise. Like yes, I think for more like personal relationship, like for friend, like friendship, we need like more understanding or overall understanding to one person. Well, it comes to work or like professional relationship, we sometimes only need to focus on his professional ability, and that actually make a big difference uh, on how we can build up the relationship. So yes. And thank you. Okay, so I guess we can move on. Do I have a voice right now? Yes, very clear. Oh, thank God. Okay, so so the next one is Kevin's news, right? Yeah, uh, and my news is very simple. It can be summarized into the title. Uh, it's from Wall Street Journal. It's first COVID-19 infections among athletes in Olympic Village are confirmed. So that's that's my news. Yeah. Um, infection confirmed. Uh, yeah, and I think like uh, uh, apart from news article, it's a time for us to focus on Tokyo Olympics. Uh, although it's been very quiet, unlike the, all the like uh, Olympics we have experienced, like no one's talking about it, and uh, there's no TV broadcast, nothing. Uh, but it's actually opening in three days. Like how how interesting it is. Um, and Tokyo Olympics, like uh, uh, if everyone. Uh, have aware of situation that um, no foreigners, like no visitors, are welcome to watch the show, uh, watch the game. So uh, the game will be empty in the stadium. Uh, it's still be going to be held uh, for most of the the matches. Um, and yeah, they they uh, the whole society are very in Japan are very um, concerning about uh, whether the like there will be a Delta infection like uh, brought by the overseas athletes and. Uh, the government are keep claiming that uh, the the affluent village is completely like isolated and uh, it's highly quarantined, so uh, there shouldn't be like a cross infection. But uh, we don't, we can't ensure it. And even they claim that they have the most strictest um, like the testing method and uh, all the measurements that that you can think of to ensure that the athletes are safe. Uh, in during the Tokyo Olympics, but now the we we already confirmed uh, we recorded some confirmed cases in in the in the Olympics village, and you see like they're they're living together. So yeah, it might be a chaos, um, but we don't know. Uh, let's see. So that's the news. Uh, and I have several questions. Uh, it will be just some quick opinions. From, like I want to hear from you guys. So first. If you are a citizen of Japan, uh, will you support Olympics to help this summer? If no, what can be alternative plan? Um, so let's go on by. Uh, Christine, what do you think? If I am one of the citizens of Japan, I will certainly not um, be hoping that the Olympics 
hold this summer because yeah it's just as chaotic as you can see in the article and um, Japan itself is already chaotic because the pandemic has never been controlled like um, completely there uh, always several like um, cases um, randomly um, like broke out from yeah from uh, from so already not solved and if plus the situation the whole society will be more unsteady right okay uh let's hear from the second japanese citizen and uh, neil neil what do you think why, why am I the second Japanese citizen? Oh, because I'm a, if I'm a citizen of Japan, right? Uh, konnichiwa. Yeah. I'm thinking, um, I'm thinking no. <laughs> Christine just looked like a nosebleed. Oh. <laughs> uh, I would say, uh, I would say definitely no. Because I, I know their cases are, are far more than than cases in Taiwan um, from from what I read from the news. And Olympic is something not just for the players, right, but also for uh, the the coaches and for the top management to stay in a good good hotel and the and the players staying in a stay in a bad hotel with economic class. You know that's that's Olympics. So. <laughs> So um, I would definitely hope not. And if no, what can be uh, an alternative plan, right? P postpone the Olympics, um, as as simple as that. And I do know that the part of the reason why they cannot postpone is because Olympics are all scheduled like four years. And like China is, I think the next next owner is China, right? And they're already building the 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 stadium and everything, right? But it's not like milk. You can't put the stadium one more year, right? How, why why do you have to, you know, use it? I, I know there are big big business benefit that cannot easily ex explain, but the alternative, is, what I can think of right now, is to is to postpone or turn into NBA 2K something. Play online, yeah. Mm -hmm. Just kidding. Post one. Right. Uh, uh, third Japanese season, Anna. What do you think? I think I have a much similar I uh opinion like Neil. I think that definitely no because I think that the main reason is that over the world we can see that uh the COVID is very hard to control, and of course when. Uh, people are trying to uh, exercising. I think that sometimes that um, maybe they have also have uh, have a greater chance because they couldn't wear mask to to get into the competition. So um, it's just something that's not easy to control. I think um, once it out of control, it do much harm to the whole uh, uh, country. And yes, I think alternative way is like still like uh, postponing that because like or we we can just it's like because originally it's just like every four years, but maybe like when it was held in the uh, 2022, the next one can still be in the 2024. Like we just um, 
have a, a much shorter gap between this one and the next one. And this just for one case. And I think that's also a very important lesson to the Olymp Olympic committee because I think something like this may, might be happen uh, in the future. So they should actually uh, have a better uh, plan for this because I know that uh, if um, there's a penalty for Japan if they would like to cancel the whole Olympic. So uh, there's that's something that they, they wouldn't want to uh, afford because apparently have, they have put much of the uh, budgets in building up the Olympic village and if they need to spend an extra money on the penalty it will be a great loss. So um, I think uh, it's better just to postpone and also the Olympic committee need to uh, uh, change their contract or with uh, to those uh, new country that would like to hold this in the future. Great. Um, how about the fourth Japanese resident, Hem? Uh, Hi, Watashiwa Hemdis. So, I, I so I would say, uh, as a Japanese citizen, I would say hold it, but we limited some categories because not all sports need the interaction of uh, different people. So, for example, like the both sports, the tennis, badminton, basketball, you you are asking a team of group of people and playing in the same ground. But when it comes to swimming, running, ice skating, you know, actually you can, maybe you can have a isolated way to do it, even though you are, you are not doing it in the same time. But I think there's, there will be some creative solution for, for like each sport. So I'm thinking maybe we can open some of the categories and at the same time, uh, stop or postpone the others. You know, what Hems just said um, makes me think, yeah, exactly. Do you know the, the live waiting people? They, they, I don't know what they do. They just try to take it up, right? How, maybe I can do that at my home and just connect it to Zoom. Can you do know. it right now? Me right now, I can I can do basketball. Yeah. <laughs> By yourself, one one person basketball. Yeah, when well, you buy a very small ball, is there there's a, a net you throw there. <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah, I, I think him make a very good point. There are many sports that are that are not interactive, right? If it's tennis or or basketball, yeah, they still have to come, but if it's yeah, swimming. Right. You're not touching other people, right? Yeah. Okay. Um. Due to the time, uh, let's skip to the third question. Okay. Now you're back to Taiwanese status, and if Japan allows tourists to enter Japan without a quarantine, uh, for uh, if you have an Olympics ticket, uh, will you go travel? Yeah. Let's start from Christine again. Why not? Wait, okay, as a Taiwanese, if Japan allows tourists to enter Japan without a quarantine. So so the, is this situation given for people who has already been um, vaccinated? Or uh, let's say, let's say no, no need. You just need to have the Olympic ticket and then uh, they allow you to apply for an Olympic visa. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Okay, so so it means that you can go traveling in Japan, but there is risks that you will be um you will be how do you say yeah you'll be infected. Yes. Okay, I will definitely go. Why not? I mean because I am vaccinated already, so I will definitely go. Oh my God. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, well, how about Neil? Where you go? Um. Sorry. Uh, the assumption is there's still an Olympics, right? Yes, and, and you have you have the Olympic ticket. And if as does the people, the NBA team come over? I, I don't. I don't know. That's too much does, assumption. I mean, all the does all the sport sports still held? Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's just like 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 now. But like uh, now. now you cannot go watch. And if you can go watch, where you go? Mm -hmm. I will, um, if I can go watch, and uh, um, of course I will, I will definitely go watch. Because a very thing called, very, very simple idea is that uh, all of the people are too scared to go. So there will be just me and Christine. And Christine is not watching basketball, so it's fine. This just will be just me and a, another couple of people. So totally fine. I will go for vaccination and... Um, and I will I will go go for for basketball, but just yeah. basketball, right? I'm not watching people swimming. I can watch that on TV. I just watch the basketball, so I will okay. definitely go. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see if everyone's thinking the same. Anna, where you go? I still actually um very sure about this because uh I am not a sport fan or Olympic fans so to me um that will be only an excuse or something that help me to get into the japan and i compared to japan i don't want to go to go to united states more so yeah i think if i have a lot of occasion and uh, i my company that won't blame me on uh taking risk i was I will go, <laughs> but uh, if I have other option like United States, maybe I will go to United States. <laughs> right. <laughs> How about him? Where you go? Can I sell the ticket? Uh, yeah. Like you can, you can choose not to go and sell the ticket, but I assume no one's gonna buy it. No, we we got two right here, Neil and oh, yeah. his team. Yeah, yeah, so you know, considering the votes right here, I think I would sell the ticket to them. And you will not go to Japan. Yeah, if, if I'm not vaccinated, I won't go. Yeah, or right. I will buy a lot of insurance. Right. Uh, this year, there's a person that will choose not to go. Okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, Ham, Ham, if I if I bought your ticket and I go to Japan and I got COVID and I'm seriously injured, will you feel bad for the rest of your life? Can you feel the beneficiary of your insurance to me? <laughs> <laughs> I won't feel bad. <laughs> okay, keep going. Yeah, okay. That, yeah, um, so that's my, that's my question. We can move on to this next news. Did, did yourself answer these questions already? No, I didn't answer anything. Uh, uh, for me, yeah, I will go. Uh, why not? Okay, <laughs> okay so my news. Okay, so since the time is already up, uh, like close to up, I would just really brief my news. So my news is uh, like an add up of Kevin's news because um, checking about the Olympics things, I read a lot of news regarding the dope issue. So I guess this is still, yeah, a big issue to discuss. 
but I will just quickly go through it. So the news title is doping is still too common from The Economist. And yeah, you can still like tell the contents from this title that it's all about doping issue. Okay, so the, the background of this news is that um, eight years ago, there was a person called Lance Armstrong. He was a American professional road racing cyclist. So yeah, who rode bicycle to race the games. And he was also the winner of an um, consecutive seven years of the Tours de France. And yeah, so it was pretty a very big um, achievement. But um, the event was that he admitted to using performance enhancing drugs at the time. So his confession has um, ended the heroic age, yeah, the so-called heroic age of the doping in cycling. And actually between the 1990s and the mid 2000s, the drug use was really widespread and blatant. Although uh, the, this event actually makes the doping harder to get away right now, but uh, the cycling's reputation has never fully recovered. So yeah, when fans wa are watching all kinds of like cycling years tour, um, they are all discussing drugs as much as they discuss like tactics or the riders and so on and so forth. So yeah, the, the suspicion is really um, like impacted all the races regarding the cycling field. Uh, no matter it's not really fair. So uh, the current situation is that doping is still really, really common in many kinds of sports. And you all know that the Tokyo Olympics started on July 23rd already. And um, the pandemic actually will force these athletes to compete in the empty stadiums, you know. So because of the lockdowns, the regular drug tests for these um, players are actually disrupted. So it may benefit the cheating actually from all of the countries. So yeah, it's easy for them to cheat this year because they don't have to take the regular drug tests as usual. So uh, if estimated from former like officials and the former Olympic Games, there will probably be more than a thousand in uh, the total of 11,000 athletes at the games uh, be chemically enhanced, probably. All right. And uh, the history is that the earliest Olympic doping tests were in 1968. And this problem is really complicated because, yeah, um, they have to discuss like what kind and like what level of the dose dope using is uh, really illegal or um, like how much of what kind of drugs they can use. So it leads to some of the liberals to started to throw up their hands and suggest like to remove the whole restrictions on the dope issues entirely. Because they were saying like uh, humans are already a uh, technological species. So yeah, we should um, not um, let the things to like uh, affect these kind of things because um, physics is already like allowed to boost the performance like people will, will have the lighter bikes or they wear springy shoes. So why not just let the chemistry to rip too? But uh, this actually lead to another question that many doping drugs have uh, gave the athletes really, really grave side effects. So for example, um, the people uh, who was dosed with steroids uh, during the Cold War was suffer like problems, including severe liver damage and stunted growth and also women are undergoing like the irreversible development of male characteristics such as like deep voices and body hair. So 
um, it's really severe. And also, this is not just for adult athletes because um, sports careers, as you all know, that begin in really, really young age in childhood. So under some of the dominant and ambitious coaches, uh, some of the kids also were dosed at a really young age. So um, it is said that the better thing to do is to improve the policy rather than to stamping out all of the drugs completely because it's too unreasonable. It's like just stamping out um, stealing or burglary problem, which is um, not really possible. So uh, it is said in the article, there are three things would improve the system um, so far. So the, the first change of uh, this mention is the change of emphasis. So because uh, the science of anti-doping has become sophisticated, which means that the tests that can detect drugs as, at levels of uh, the people who take these drugs will be like just really, really one part per trillion. Yeah, it's really, really small in proportion. So the intelligence work, it's said to be uh, more useful. So for example, the whistleblowers and the suspicious behavior and all the um, companies who are willing to uh, willing to post out the secrets. Okay, these six secrets. Um, yeah, it's said to be more useful to uncover the doping scandals. So such efforts is said should be enhanced. And then the second change is to re the requirement of more money because um, the World Anti-Doping Agency is funded by governments and sports bodies and its annual budget is 14 million dollars, which is less than some of the top athletes. So it's it is said that the uh, sponsors and sports federations are actually rich enough to like shut uh, all these agency up, which is um, uh, like um, it, like possible to lead to corruption. So yeah, it's said that they, they should have more money to put into this kind of um, policy thing. And the third and the also biggest task is to re to bring in new faces. So uh, the sports governance is um, not uh, like govern government by a lot of outsiders because uh, it's always uh, people who are regarding like the beneficial party to rule this kind of um, government. So it is said that catching too many dopers risks will like harm the product and the sports federations and also the commercial sponsor sales. So they said they are saying that the control of anti-doping agencies should actually be handed to outsiders such as uh, law lawyers or former policemen. And yeah, the agencies should be as independent as possible. All right, so this is basically about the news, which is still long, but yeah, I will just go to the question. Uh, the first question is that, have you ever watched any specific games that ended up not watching it anymore because of the doping issue? And if not, what type of sport games is your favorite? And try to imagine if, yeah, it breaks out any doping scandals. Maybe Neil can answer first. Thank you. That's very <laughs> thoughtful. Um, have you ever watched any specific of sport game and not watching anymore? because of doping. Um, not at all. I some. I think I only watched NBA. Um, so there are people who are doing drugs, uh, but they're doing drugs of actual drugs. They're not doing because they want better performances. Yeah, I don't know why NBA players are special. 
They're simply doing this, oh, doing drugs. Um, trying to imagine if it breaks out any doping scandals. Like, I, 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 you mean like after a while, I find out oh they jump so high because they're they're all, uh, you know, on drugs. Um, it, well, I still watch the game. Um, yeah, if you watch SBL, you will you will still stick with NBA. Sorry. <laughs> and um, um, I think it's a bit bad I, because I know the Lance Armstrong story. I, I know this is quite common for all the players, not just him. And I think that's also part of his his story. And uh, this is something called like an open secret. So, um, but I don't I don't really think that's an acceptable acceptable thing. And um, I think it still makes uh, fans we all disappointed because we we do feel they they're able to achieve the level because of of hard work and practice, and that's usually the the kind of spirit we always look up for. And if you find out okay that's because they're they're using drugs, and you probably think oh maybe maybe I can do do that too. So that that will be the biggest impact for me. I'll still watch the game, but I won't admire them as as before. Yep. Okay. How about Anna? Um, I actually uh, don't watch any sports again. Um, yeah, but I only watch when there's one like Taiwan team playing in the international game. <laughs> so I think what um whether they doping or not is not a factor. What a uh, factor that will uh, influence if I see it or not. So yeah. I don't think that will influence my decision at the moment. Okay, how about Kevin? Uh, I don't really watch sports. Uh, I only watch FIFA like once every four years, like one day a FIFA fan. Uh, and as a very, very game outside, sport game outsider, um, I can imagine. My stereotype is that if uh, those is doping is allowed, then maybe like some like American teams and like Russian teams, they will have a lot of injection of Korean teams, and uh, they will excel in all the games. They will they will fly during the during the jumping uh, competition or, or something like that. And yeah, and uh, um, it will be very unfair. And the poor countries like they will never get the chance to compete in Olympics. And uh, uh, yeah, I, I, what I can envision is that these kind of things will happen and, uh, and the, the game will be, you know, like uh, have a lot of um, controversials uh, uh, on like very, very like doping issues and not focusing on the real game. So yeah, it, should, it shouldn't be good. Okay, right. So how about him? So I, I used to be a fan of weightlifting. So uh, in weightlifting field, uh, when, when you got dope, dosed, and uh, you say you got juice. So when, when you say like uh, a player got a lot of juice, it means that uh, it got a lot of stereo or testosterone. So uh, I, I think it's open secret in the field of weightlifting. There are three uh, categories, the classic bodybuilding, the fitness and natural fitness. And in fitness and uh, classic bodybuilding, people use a lot of juice to, you know, to synthesize your muscle, to 
to make uh, the size bigger and also to get ripped. It, it used a lot of terrestrials. And the effect of uh, like using terrestrials is to, sorry to be uh, straightforward, but you, you have a small dick and you, you, you will be like uh, uh, not pregnant. So you, you won't have kids. And also you will die uh, by 50, 50 years old normally when, when you got juice. So I think it's quite cruel because in, in this field, they uh, their drug test is sampling test. It's not a whole drug test. So it actually encourages the players to, to juice up for a game. But for natural fitness, they use the whole uh, drug testing. So no one uh, juiced up uh, by the game, but we, we also don't know if they use the juice during uh, the weightlifting, I mean, in the daily days. So it's really hard to say that, uh, uh, is it good or not? Because I, I also heard, uh, watch a video of a dead uh, weightlifter. He, he died in 44 and he say, uh, even though he died, but before he died, he say he, he, uh, he's a pro of using the juice. You know, <laughs> it's like, he, he feels like using the juice can uh, help you to lift more, much more weight and li uh, lifting much more weight is everything in uh, weight lifting. So he supports this idea. It's more like, it's more like a philosophy, you know, <laughs> it's not, it's not about the, the health or not. Yeah. That's what I uh, learned from the weight lifting. And I, I don't, I don't watch the weightlifting anymore because I don't do weightlifting anymore. And that's why. Yeah. Okay. I think weight, weightlifting is kind of maybe different from other kinds of sports because yeah, all you need is the power and your muscle energy. And yeah, the, the thing that you can really lift it up and lift it really, really heavy, but for like uh, soccer or basketball or tennis, I think it needs more skill. So maybe for those kind of sports, uh, even if you take some kind of drugs or doses, it doesn't really help with the game because you still need to cooperate with your team members and uh, you still need your skills and practices to win the game. So yeah, I guess for weightlifting, it's probably different and people will just take like, just like Ham said, it's an open secret because uh, people really need that kind of drugs to to enhance to some extent of the power of the muscle. Okay, so I think I would just skip my second question because of, of the time limit and we will directly go to the Ham, uh, go to Ham's news, which is the last one today. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to cut it short. So uh, this article is about one minute uh, city. So uh, this idea is borrowed from the 15-minute city, and in 15-minute 15-minute city, uh, people meet their daily needs on the public space. But when it comes to the one-minute street, one-minute city, uh, it opens up a way for the local people to the government. You can co-architect the uh, infrastructure on the streets in front in front of your place. So I, I think the idea is quite straightforward. Is my my first question is, are you interested in design or co-architect the furniture on the street in front of your place? So uh, I am quite looking forward to the answer from Neil. But <laughs> but okay, so let's start it from Anna. 
I, um, I think that uh, maybe I will appreciate the idea that um, those arch architect lots can just uh, turn my imagination to something that is both useful and actually beautiful. Because for myself, I don't think I am someone like good at designing beautiful things, although I appreciate those beautiful things. So um, I think that's uh, actually good that if um, they uh, let the uh, artists or architect that um, cooperate with like ordinary people and turn something what um, very creative thing to to um, become something that is useful to uh, make the city more uh, diverse, I think that would be good. So, yeah, if they provide uh, that the, the artist can transform my idea to something that is um, good, I, I am happy with uh, to do that. Yeah, so in the article, it mentions that the architects actually provide the toolkits. It means that you can choose, for example, you can choose the slide, you can choose uh, parking lots, or you can choose an open kitchen. I, I just kidding, but you can put like literally every component of your toolkits on the streets. So in this idea, so uh, are you, since you are interested in putting or to uh, transforming your idea into the real, real world, so uh, what kind of furniture are you going to put on the street? Just use, um, just by your imagination. Mm, I don't really um, have a, a real idea right now, but I just think that because if you uh, don't provide any support and you want me to do something directly uh, onto the tree, I will. I will be ashamed of this because I don't trust. I don't have my con. I don't have the confidence to do that by myself. But if they they let us use some kits, uh, um, tool kits, and with some artists and art tech to support, I believe that they can just, um, uh, just unify or like met met everyone's idea that can be together, um, with symphony because I. Originally, maybe everyone's idea will be very contradictory when you put together. Mm. Okay, so how about Kevin? Will you design your own street furniture? Mm, yeah, I would like to participate in uh, in building my own community because you make your life more comfortable, right? I definitely will vote for putting the furniture that uh, that that's what I need. And I don't need to occupy my own home space, so I will participate. Yeah. So, what kind of uh, furniture you think you need uh, in your community? Uh, I think something that I want to put in my home, but I don't have the space. Uh, for example, like a uh, like a pool table uh, yeah, for snorkeling. Like, uh, yeah. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I, I think that's the idea. It's just put what you want what you want in your place, but maybe due to the budget or due to uh, not enough space, you, you you can choose it to put it on the street. I, I think that's the idea, yeah. That, that's yeah. Good. yeah, general concept. <laughs> okay, how, how about Christine? Um, I'm actually not quite sure about um, being one of the co-architects because I think if everyone wants to do this and everyone is cooperating to um, design our own streets or our own community 
community, then it will be a mess. Like because everybody, just like Anna said, has really contradictory ideas, and I don't think everybody's um, mindset will match each other. Like um, I, I am like uh, into the same kind of layouts as my neighbor. I don't think so. So um, if there is a a project that we can vote for other design that's already designed for like several um, items of the streets or um, communities then I think yes I, I will definitely vote for some of the designs and then maybe put one or two um, furniture uh, that is allowed to but I will definitely not doing like um, co-design co some of the streets um, part, part with my neighbors or something because I think yeah it will cause a lot of problems but um for furniture i think yeah simply furniture i guess it's all right and uh if like people can just choose to um design one part in the street like um to how to say like uh like we can go to a several like a a website and we can um we can design which is great. then yeah i think i will i will kind of more into that idea, but I will definitely not be co-designed um, the street with others. Mm. So uh, when, when, I, when I saw this article, I think they just put some chunk of furniture in the middle of the street. Because because in this article, it states that uh, to, uh, to pursue the sustainability and to reduce the carbon dioxide, they they are they are uh, putting some stuff on the street. I think the main goal is to stop the car passing it through. It it's so big, right? They they just put it on the road, in the in the middle of the street, so so that uh, you can only uh, walk or bike on on that road. I think yeah. So when when I when I saw this article, my first idea is, what what can you put those stuff on the street? <laughs> you know, it's like. It's a, it, it would be a total mess when you when you do so. But I I just uh, second Kevin's idea. I think yeah maybe I I can put some stuff uh, on the street. Uh, what what I want to to put in my place due to the budget and the space problem. So maybe I would put a kitchen and put a fr uh, refrigerator on the street. That 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 may be a good idea. Yeah. So uh, over to Christine and maybe you can wrap wrap it up today's discussion. Thank you. Okay. Okay, so um, we had discussed all of the news today, and yeah, I think that will be all of today. So um, please be welcome to join also next week because we will hold this session every week, and yeah, it's recorded on podcast. Um, welcome to also check on podcast for all the previous episodes. Yeah, okay, so I guess this is um, let's call it a day, and thank you. Good night. Good night. Good night. Bye bye. Bye. Bye bye. bye. bye.